0: Hello, you're listening to me, Liz Earle, with Wellness with Liz Earle, the seventh episode of my audio wellbeing magazine, where we lend a fascinated and forensic eye into all things wellbeing. And today we are in for a real treat as I'm being joined by a lady whose work for healthier, happier children I not only admire very much, but I have seen up close and personal as she has helped one of my own children with a digestive problem, that many, many conventional medics were simply unable to get to the bottom of. Now, as you know, I have become something of a gut health well-being warrior, especially so after researching and writing my latest bestseller, The Good Gut Guide, which is nicely still topping the Amazon charts. And the interest in magnificent microbes and more shows no signs of abating in the well-being world at large. So it's a great delight to have Lucinda with us, Lucinda Miller, a family naturopath and she's been working at the forefront of the field here when it comes to clinical practice and putting so much of the theory and fascinating new findings on gut health into everyday practice with many many people especially the young children that she sees so a very warm welcome
2: It's lovely to be here, Liz.
0: Well, we're sitting here in my well-being studios, propped up on a nice cosy sofa. And this is actually similar to how you and I met, because we met over supper with friends in the West Country. And we literally sat next to each other at supper. And I think we were incredibly rude and antisocial, because the hours whizzed by, and you and I were just huddled together. (laughs) I don't think we gave any of the other dinner guests a look in, frankly, because once I found out what you do, and I was researching my gut book. That was it. I was in.
2: It was so exciting. <laughs> it was one of the best evenings I've had for years. We just and, clicked. Um, we really did. And gosh, it was just brilliant to find someone who was actually writing a book on it as well. It was fabulous.
0: Well, it was kind of serendipity, wasn't it? And I think that the first thing that we should probably, the first question I should ask you is what exactly is a naturopath?
2: Well, a naturopath is basically uh, someone who specialises in natural health. Mm -hmm. Um, I particularly focus in on nutrition and we also look at gut health and metabolism Mm -hmm. we do a lot of testing so the area that I'm most interested in is functional medicine which is an area where you do a lot of laboratory testing before you make a decision on what you're going to do to help someone.
0: So the lab tests will back up Perhaps instinctively or, or other less conventional diagnoses, because you're, you're getting accurate, you know, blood test readings or urine readings or whatever. So absolutely. So we're, it's we're
2: looking as if it says evidence-based nutrition. Mm-hmm. We're looking for evidence before we put in interventions, so that the, especially when you're dealing with children, the parents mm. really want to know that you're doing the right steps for their yeah. children. And that there is a reason behind any changes. Mm.
0: Well, we'll come on to that in a moment. But I remember talking to you when we first sat down about your journey. And that is completely fascinating. So tell us, how did it start for you?
2: Well, it actually does start from the gut in that I had quite a poor immune system as a child. And I was put on a lot of antibiotics. I then actually had a rather nasty allergic reaction to antibiotics in my mid-teens. And that's really what started off a lot of, I guess some people would diagnose it as IBS, but a lot of erratic gut gut issues mm-hmm. and a lot of fatigue. I then went travelling in my gap year and I picked up a parasite and that made things get even worse. When you
0: say a parasite, what sort of thing?
2: It was a parasite, we we think it was Jardia because it responded quite well to that medicine. Mm. So we're assuming that's what it was, but obviously it was Asian doctors giving medicine. We didn't quite, you know, but anyway, it was there Mm. and um, it plagued me for quite a long time afterwards. That's really when my energy levels went right downhill. I was in a city job and I was sleeping four times a day on the tube both ways and i used to sneak into the loo a couple of times a day just to have a sleep because otherwise there's no otherwise i'd have been caught falling asleep in front of my in front of my screen so i had to oh my goodness and Mm. how did you
0: sustain yourself during that time what kind of things were you eating
2: well i lived off absolute rubbish to be honest because (laughs) i had no idea about food um i would have diet coke i had lots of baguettes taramas lata I thought it was very healthy to have baked potatoes and salad, but they made me feel really sleepy too. So none of these things were helping. Mm. And so actually um, a friend on my desk said, if the doctor doesn't know what's going on, better go and see this naturopath who I'd never heard of before. And I went to see this wonderful lady. And within 10 days, I was back on form. I was feeling great. I had all the energy.
0: Gosh, so what did she do? In well, that it was 10
2: partly days? I took out wheat because I mm-hmm. think that the parasite must have damaged my ability to break it down Is this what
0: they call leaky gut? Is that part of the problem? We assume that's what it was. Mm -hmm.
2: Again, this was a long time ago before there was any formal testing. Right. But it did make a massive difference to my energy levels. And I thought, gosh, this is amazing. Mm. And then I went on and trained. And then I did the functional medicine, which honed in my skills. and made. So when you say
0: you went on and trained, so you you gave up your high-flying city (laughs) job just like that, did you? Well,
2: because I had so much energy by that point, I was getting up even earlier in the morning to study. I was working in the evenings. I was working the weekends. I just crammed it in because I just really knew I wanted to do it. But, you know, financially I had to keep my job, so I I did both.
0: Gosh, and then you finally made the plunge, did you? I made the plunge, and and I was actually very
2: lucky because it just happened to coincide when I was getting married and having babies, so it it worked out very well. It was a good moment of my life to swap over.
0: And now, all these years later, you very much focus on the gut, don't you? Has has that been your your thing, really, that, that you're known for?
2: Well, I guess... With all the training that we have, um, whether people go to nutrition college or naturopathy college, they will learn that most disease states start in the gut. And that we find that very often, if you look at the gut function first, then the rest of health can fall together. Because if you think about it, if you've got very loose bowels, then the food's going through too quickly and you are unable to necessarily absorb all those micronutrients that you need to to sustain you. Mm-hmm. And if that happens over a long period of time, you can become depleted. Mm. So that's just a case where we would work out why things are going through too quickly. And it's often there's um, a doctor will you know mum will go and see a doctor about their child with diarrhea and they'll say it's toddler diarrhea, but when they're nine or ten and you're seeing them they can't mm. it can't be toddler diarrhea there must be something else going on sometimes it's because they haven't got enough good bacteria in their gut sometimes mm. they have a food intolerance sometimes there is a parasite or a bacteria that shouldn't be in there and this is what the testing's mm. all about so what do you test
0: for what 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 do the tests involve?
2: We do a stool test which checks for there's a you you've covered this in a couple of your podcasts already on the microbiome Mm. and in your book. So the microbiome is the balance of bacteria in your gut. So we're looking for, is there enough lactobacillus? Is there enough bifidobacteria? Mm. Um, Are there any pathogenic bacteria that shouldn't be in there? Are there any just pesky ones that aren't going to cause you any medical problems but are out of sync? We're looking for those. We're looking for if the pancreas works properly to digest and absorb the foods. We're looking to see if there are any even minor inflammatory markers. Maybe there isn't enough, the right absorption. Will, um, so we're looking for all these kind of things. And it usually you can do it either in a one sample test. So it's quite easy to do. Gosh, And um, where,
0: where do you think these things are coming from? Because it, am I right in that there is a rise in digestive ailments? I mean, everybody you speak to seems to have an intolerance of something somewhere along the line. Do you think they're true intolerances or if we just got a bit faddy? What's What's the story there? There
2: are many theories behind this and I believe that all of these have a small part and, I, and usually we find that if one of these things occur, then po- people probably don't have a problem. It's when there's a combination of right. things that occur that can So, for instance, it is thought that frequent antibiotics can wipe out beneficial bacteria. Mm. So that's something. I had one child who came to see me who'd been on, I think it was 120 rounds of antibiotics in her life. Good heavens.
0: Now, I mean, obviously you need antibiotics for life.
2: Sure. She had significant kidney issues. Yeah, so you... But you can see where it's really, really hard. And a lot of conditions Mm. now, they're put on prophylactic antibiotics, so small doses, but for a very long time. I saw a little baby today with cystic fibrosis, and she's been on antibiotics since it was diagnosed at a couple of weeks old. So you can see where... So what would
0: you suggest in that case then, when when children are given them? Would you suggest coming off them, or do you support alongside?
2: Absolutely support alongside. The medics are... You know, th- this young baby was, is under the top cystic fibrosis specialist in the country, mm. and this baby needs antibiotics right. because she has an older sibling. Um, there are um, th- who brings in a lot of infections into the house. Right. Uh, it's yes. really important. However, what we're probably going to do is to put in probiotics. Mother's still breastfeeding, so we we'll give the mother probiotics, but also s- and mm. start because she's weaning now is to get her on some some kefir and things like that.
0: Right, my favourite kefir. Mm. I mean, the kefir kind of crops up in almost every conversation I'm having Absolutely. with everybody these days. Absolutely. It seems to be this sort of miracle cure-all. In fact, you probably heard the podcast I did with um, Deborah recently who founded Nourish Kefir and she created her whole company having similar story to you come out of the city. She had, I think it was um, Crohn's disease and um, somebody gave her some kefir and it sort of transformed her life. I'm seriously thinking about buying shares. In a kefir company, because I do think <laughs> that it is it seems to be this wonder food. What's what's your view on it?
2: Well, funny enough, the research says that you need a really broad range of different bacteria. And what's wonderful about making your own kefir is that it's going to have different bacteria in there that maybe mm. Um, a commercial one may not have because that becomes a bit more uniform, but basically it takes on the bacteria that's in the atmosphere of the kitchen. So and each so time forth. you make
0: it then, are you getting different get, bacteria because, because, in there? Yes,
2: because you maybe different milks, different strains yes. of milk, different How atmospheres and so forth. So I think that's really important. But B, it contains fat because it's made from milk and yes. so the fat they think is very important for the probiotics to get down further into the gut where it's I actually needed.
0: I absolutely heard that. I think there was a study recently that showed that the probiotics in dairy products were getting further through and not being, they were surviving the intense stomach acid.
2: That's exactly um, right.
0: Which is completely fascinating and for those who are listening who are thinking oh but I'm dairy intolerant or lactose intolerant, the bugs are converting the lactose, aren't they? So that you can actually be more tolerant Absolutely. of something like so that. Absolutely. So kefir
2: seems to be very well tolerated and you can buy goat's kefir, mm-hmm. which seems to be even better. Mm. But there's also coconut kefir and mm-hmm. that is totally dairy-free and delicious. They, One company makes it with lots of different juices as well so you can have mm, different flavours. So if, yeah. if you've got a fussy child, it's a really good one to start because it's a slightly mm. fizzy mango drink.
0: Yes, I'd like to talk about children because I know that's become one of your key areas and I I think so many mothers I meet are really concerned about what their children are eating and Mm. you talk about fussy children. How do you get all these amazing good foods into fussy eating small children?
2: Well, it's very handy if they like the concept of smoothies and a lot of them do now. They Mm. like because of the food pouches that a lot of the babies are given and toddlers now. Um, what we, of, what I often suggest is that you get a reusable pouch, one that you can fill good your idea. own...
0: What a good idea. ...blends
2: yep. into so that you can then make a smoothie and mm. put a bit of kefir. Now, it doesn't need to be a huge amount. I think people have this idea that their child has to take volume. Right. Like, And actually, even you just put a teaspoon in, and absolutely, you can start with a teaspoon and build up because very often that's all that they need. And if it's with lots of lovely strawberry and banana, yes, I mean even what's not to love? I mean, there are some kids who are Mm. so fussy they will only have a certain brand of a certain smoothie. Well, buy it. Shove something else in it to and boost that, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Blend in and put it in your usable pouch, and you, yeah. and you know it, your child will have something extra that they don't even know they're having. Mm. Now that's obviously for the very fussy child. Some kids are brilliant and they love to make the smoothies. Mm-hmm. Um, putting kefir into cereal or into other yogurt is another yeah, idea. Yeah, you can't too. detect it, can you? You can't, but just not too much to begin with, no. because it has got a slightly fizzy taste, and so you just have to be careful. And it's just, it's just putting a little Mm. bit in at a time and it takes only two or three weeks probably for a child to convert to a new food if you're just adding it in a little bit at a time
0: and I quite like some of the sneaky strategies that I've spotted on your brilliant website and your blogs things like grating carrot into bolognese sauce and cooking that through so that it's imperceptible you know Absolutely. you simply wouldn't know it was there Absolutely. or adding a teaspoon of spirulina into a sauce or a soup or That's tomato a, ketchup yes. that I mean kind that of would thing. be
2: literally an eighth of a teaspoon oh really because it's okay. so strong right um but bolognases are amazing I mean I think Jamie Oliver writes when he, <laughs> you know, he brought in his many vegetable bolognese but it really does and mm. you can get so many different foods in and it's just being confident mm-hmm. and as I said little steps rather than trying to expect them mm. to suddenly change the world because yeah. most kids are very I mean I think you you've got four five, five children five, yes. and you know they've all got their own little <laughs> oh yes. and um, yeah. you've just got to work around that I think that ice cream ice lollies are another brilliant way of hiding a lot of these things presumably that,
0: things that you make your own or yeah or, or absolutely you buy you, you, or, exactly
2: you can make your own very easily and put fruit in and so forth and add extras mm-hmm. but i think um it's just being thoughtful about what you think they can do and being realistic fair enough um, yeah. and that's where a practitioner can help you because they can focus in on what the really important things are. Mm. Because I think that's the problem is so many people read on the internet that they can't do this and they can't do that. And this is what's really a really important message for everybody that's listening today is the number of people that come to see me and I say, so what does your child eat? Oh, she's gluten-free, dairy-free. Oh, and we're vegetarian and we're this. And I think, okay, no, I'm saying, what do they eat? And it turns out they eat Very limited diet. It's very narrow, it's very samey. Every day is very, very similar. And one of the most important things for gut health is this very varied diet.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. So what, what will you recommend then specifically or generally for, for anybody who's listening here? Well,
2: it's thought that if you really want to build up the good bacteria in the gut, that you need a very diverse diet. So for a child, we're looking at at least 20 different fruits, vegetables, nuts, legumes, seeds per week so that could, is very easy it sounds quite sort of scary to begin with but I'll explain more in a minute for the adults it's more like 40 so we're looking at Gosh. a really much more yep. broader broader range of foods mm-hmm. so 20, if you're thinking about a salad, that could have three different lettuces mm. you could have tomatoes, peppers, cucumber a few peas that could, you can build that up quite easily yep, so you can take them off um, quite quickly and with also that. for mm-hmm. instance in a cereal even if they're complete Weetabix heads and they won't change from Weetabix. Weetabix, um, you can add a teaspoon of ground up flax seeds and chia seeds. Yes. And of course that sort of adds more. A little bit of
0: ground almonds or just something to make it crunchy. And a lot of them,
2: you just can't tell the difference. And the same with porridge. So porridge, again, is a really good vehicle Mm. for hiding foods. I mean, I'm not a big hider. In terms of, in the long term, I want it to be presented so that they know they're having these things. Mm -hmm. Just that first few weeks. To get the taste going. Exactly. Especially the very fussy eaters. Remember, a lot of the reason why people are fussy eaters is because their gut is out of sync. So their tummy's sore.
0: So would they be eating something then that is giving them, you know, griping stomach, So that would put them off or... Or just generally their gut is out of sync and they um, don't want to eat.
2: I often talk about imagine if you've had a gastroenteritis and you've been really ill for two or three days and someone suddenly decided that you needed to eat a big roast. You, you just probably wouldn't want, to do wouldn't it. want it. All you'd no. want is toast. Now, how right. many kids that come to see me and all they eat are crackers, toast, yogurt and banana? Now, they're the sort of those kind Simple, of comf- comforting foods, yeah. and I think that a lot of it's because they've got a sore tummy. And when you ask the mum, they'll say, "Well, actually, they had quite bad reflux as a baby." And I said, oh. "When does this start? When did this all start?" Oh, when they came off the reflux medication, and when we put them maybe back onto full fat milk at fourteen months. And there's a change and you think, ah, oh, their tummy's always been a bit sore and they've just gone towards the food that just doesn't seem to disrupt it too much. Mm.
0: What do you find helps reflux? Because that, that, that's the question that I get asked a lot about reflux. Mm. So many people seem to have it at all ages, actually.
2: Mm. Well, acid can be a real problem for all age groups. Um, generally, fennel is very useful. So fennel tea is Mm -hmm. a good one and kids really like it because it's quite sweet
0: yes aniseedy exactly
2: so and so the licorice, and but aniseed is particularly good and ginger i mean Mm. just yesterday my nine-year-old son came down and said i'm gonna have a ginger zinger and he made himself (laughs) a juice which was carrot apple ginger and lemon Gosh. And he absolutely yeah. loves it. So, no, my so... seven-year-old
0: loves juicing. I mean, we, we mm. tend to only have time for that really at the weekends. But it's a great activity. Mm-hmm. And he you know, he likes the kind of mechanical bit of shoving things through the juicer and having juice pop out the other end. And it's usually a kind of violent colour, uh, <laughs> which he thinks is really fun. And then shoves a beetroot in and the whole thing goes purple. So absolutely. you know, it, it is quite a fun thing to yeah. do. And then I, I like turning juices into smoothies by adding yoghurt, which is just a very simple way to make it a smoothie and I guess I could I could hide a bit of kefir in that as well you could
2: do that <laughs> and also getting oats in and oats are very good for the gut as well because of the fiber so there are there are lots of very simple things mm. that you you don't need to buy expensive ingredients to improve no. the gut it's more the diversity yogurt oats getting different grains in and mm-hmm. not relying just on the wheat so and 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 the sort of general wheat crepes in everywhere and i'm mm. i think that this gluten-free fad is slightly over egged but i just say to a lot of people just try and change the grains you're having every day right so if they love porridge think we'll do oat porridge one day millet the next quinoa the next buckwheat the next mm-hmm. but sometimes if they're a bit fussy you need to just put a little bit of each in so that it's mainly oats with right other things in yep. and you'll just generally again so take, take this the diversity it's very important to, mm. just to get get a broader range
0: well if, if you spoke to any of my children about how they were brought up um we used to have this rule in fact i still have it uh, even with my, with my bigger children now who laugh when they come home like for sunday lunch because we have this thing called the no thank you piece So basically, you have to have a bit of everything. So, you know, if I've cooked everything, I know that it's all good and it's all nutritious. So my eldest daughter, Lily, who is almost my digital editor, so she will be editing this. I need to be very careful here. She um, hated peas and still is not fond of peas. So when she comes, even now, she'll have a no thank you pea. (laughs) <laughs> and there's one pea that sits on the plate. And, you know, all the children are the same. So, But what I found with that is it's very easy when they're small for a child to say, oh, I don't like carrots or I don't like broccoli. And they never have it again. But actually, as they grow, their taste buds do change and develop. So I found that by asking them to eat just the tiniest bit, I mean, literally the tiny, like, a, you know, half a teaspoon of something, mm. And they swallow it down sort of grudgingly, but they know they've had it and that's it. But I've seen over months or sometimes years, actually they'll they'll say, actually, no, that's that's not too bad, I'll have a bit more of that. So it is getting that variety in and just in a very simple way, and, and it's for us it's almost a game now at home. You've got to have your no thank you, pee or your yeah, no, thankly, super. I mean, that's no Thank you. No thank you bean. <laughs> We've got
2: a similar thing in that I'm actually it was my son's birthday party last year and I asked everyone what they want wanted mm. to eat because there was quite a sort of choice. And the answer was, I don't like peas or I don't like tomatoes or I don't mm. like cucumber. And, and so I asked Charlie and he said, I would prefer, and I suddenly realised oh. that I've taught them in a slightly different way. So he okay. told me what he would prefer to have. Rather, rather, rather than what, what he, he, he does not like, like yes. you
0: say, I'd prefer mm. to have pepper rather yes, than yeah. cucumber or whatever.
2: And it just dawned on me that mm. that's, we've just, it's a lot of it's play, play with words that I hadn't <laughs> even thought about.
0: Yeah, interesting. Now, while researching the Good Gut Guide, I found that there seem to be so many issues relating to out-of-sync children and those with learning issues. What's your view here? Do you think this is something that we can help with diet?
2: I think it's a huge, it can make a huge impact. And going back to what I was talking about earlier, for instance, the kids with with the runny tummies, Mm. food going through too fast, often they're very slim. And when you do the, um, the testing, you find they're very low in their nutrients, even if they're eating a great diet. And a lot of people say, oh, they're slim because they've got a fast metabolism. Well, the metabolism is so fast that the food's not getting through. So you're absorbing a, from it, the, exactly. the, the goodness. Okay. And as I said, we're finding inflammation quite a lot in the gut. And again, if you've got a, a, a gut that's inflamed, it's not going to absorb the nutrients so well. Often we find the pancreas is not breaking down the foods properly, so you're not getting mm. the most from your food. So these are the areas that we work on. And also... If the microbiome's out, there's not enough beneficial bacteria, then the body can't produce all the neurotransmitters because most things like serotonin, for instance, serotonin, 90% of it is made in the gut.
0: Gosh, and that's a brain chemical. It's
2: a brain chemical. So it's
0: going up through the vagus nerve. Is it from the digestive system up to the brain? And what happens if we're not making enough serotonin?
2: We feel pretty low.
0: Right. Low mood?
2: Low mood. We probably don't Mm. sleep very well. Mm. Um... We um you're probably quite constipated right um so and so there are lots of kids like that,
0: so and low mood, constipated, what can we do about it? How do we boost our levels of so, serotonin? So
2: this is what you're trying to do is to bring in the good bacteria, mm-hmm. bring in the diverse food and that can make a massive difference gosh
0: it's amazing isn't it that something's so simple and when you look at how fast food it sort of dominates so much of our diet and i know I, i've been on author tour recently so i've been you know eating in railway stations and cafes and it's very hard to find things other than processed refined wheat sugar caffeine um it's you know it's it's a challenge how, how do you recommend when we're out and about that we keep going
2: well in most cases people's guts recover pretty quickly so even if you've had a week where you haven't eaten that well mm. as long as you get the good stuff in yep. the following week you're going to your guts going to recover pretty well unless you have a chronic gut issue okay. and then it can be much more of a challenge yeah. and some of the out of sync kids that we see it's the biggest challenge we have is getting this flora back. Mm. So, right do you re-
0: repopulate with supplements? Do you use probiotics? We
2: definitely do, mm. um, because sometimes the testing is saying they need twenty-five, fifty billion per day, and that's fifty
0: billion a day in and a child. Gosh, even
2: some of the children. It's yeah. usually around twenty-five, but mm-hmm. it's still a lot more than you are going to be able to get in the diet. Mm. But also because so often the out of sync kids are having are, are quite fussy eaters, so. Right. So it's that like a vicious circle, then, really. Well, exactly. So it's pretty hard to change the diet, and sometimes what you need to do is make their tummies feel better, so that then they'll be more receptive to more food, different foods, mm. and so forth. And that's really key.
0: The whole thing, I have to say, is so completely fascinating. And what kind of strategies have you seen really work? Have you got any sort of success stories that stand out?
2: Well, I'm going to keep this one really simple because um, I think a lot of people could um, identify with this one. Um, There was a boy that came to see me and his mother described him as the boy that you wouldn't want to come to tea. Oh, no. Because he was so naughty, tricky. I know a
0: few of those.
2: Quite poisonous. I think Mm. that's another word she used. Gosh, his own mother. I know, know, which is pretty awful. And um, anyway, we talked about his gut function. Mm. and I said, oh, I think there might be something really quite significant going on here. Um, So we um, sent off a stool test, but it was over Christmas, so everything got a little bit delayed, and I said, well, as soon as you've sent off the sample, I want you to put him on these probiotics. And I got this joyful call in the new year saying he's transformed Wow. And all it was was the probiotic that made such a massive difference. And actually, when we got stool test results back, there was not much going on there. So he needed to have that Well, it was only that he was quite low in his beneficial bacteria.
0: But isn't that fascinating that having strains of bacteria that you can take, you know, for a child in a powder or capsule or whatever, um, presumably a a powder because you can sprinkle it on foods really easily, uh, imperceptibly, putting it into Mm. yogurt and things, in my experience, can change a child's behaviour. And when you think about the long term, you know, you talk about the child who you would not like to come to tea. Those children get excluded very easily. They get shunned in peer groups. Other kids pick up on the fact that perhaps they're not so great to have around. And it becomes this awful cycle of, you know, leading to bullying and depression and low self-esteem. And, you know, how to be able to fix that so early with something so simple and so healthy and so beneficial you kind of want to go out there and wave a huge flag, don't you? Tell everybody. Which you is, I do. guess, what we're doing.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing today. It's, it is the most exciting work. And what I, and particularly why I enjoy it, is A, children are pretty robust and they mm. come back pretty quickly as soon as you've identified what's going on. And the other thing is that the mums are so passionate about getting their child right because they know just how awful it is to be excluded in mm. any way, whether it's from school or from a group. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking. Mm. And so if you ask them to do, to give them probiotics or to change their diet, they're pretty receptive and they'll damn well do it really until motivated. their child is better, which is great.
0: Fantastic. Well, I have to say it's so inspirational. I know we can go on to naturedoc.co.uk to read more because you blog and there's lots of great information and inspiration. And then you've also got your brilliant online shop, which is nature. Doc dot
2: shop. That's correct.
0: Bit of a mouthful. It is a
2: bit of a mouthful. <laughs> but
0: this is a great resource. But why did you, when there is frankly so much online and so much choice out there, why did you feel the need to start a specific online shop for this?
2: Well, I felt that most of the online health food shops are just got so many different supplements. Mm. It's really hard to navigate. And also the range of children's supplements were very small.
0: Right. And so you focus on that, do you?
2: So we are all about family health. So there are supplements suitable for all age groups, but it's more of a curated set of supplements, health foods, but also bubble baths, organic bubble baths and things like that that are really helpful um, for families who are seeking out a more environmentally friendly and organic lifestyle. Um, we've focused in on supplements that I have used in my practice for a very long time and know that either children will take or are beneficial. So a bit of both, really, because children will not take yucky supplements. No, We well. have got cunning ways of giving them if they really need them. <laughs> but generally, that's only through a consultation.
0: Well, I have to say, nothing you do is yucky. It's all absolutely fantastic. Are there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with as a mother, as a parent, as a naturopath? Something that would just make us think, yes, I can do this. I can do this for myself and my family.
2: It is really worth addressing your kid's health when they're little because little problems when they're little turn into much bigger problems when they're older. So take the time and effort to get that diet right, get the good bacteria in, get their guts healthy now so that it doesn't turn anything nastier in the future.
0: Catch them when they're young. Absolutely brilliant advice. Thank you so much for being with us. I am hugely inspired as always, and I am afraid that's about all we have time for today. I hope you're definitely on the plan to enjoy some better gut health and well-being. And my thanks to you for tuning in. And my team here at well Wellbeing and I do so appreciate the fact now that so many of you are not only tuning in, but you're subscribing regularly to the little show and spreading the word. So don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And do please take a moment to leave us a review to encourage others to, if you feel like it. So many of the things that we talk about, like today, are so important and potentially so life-changing for so many. You may also like to head over to lizellwellbeing.com and you can sign up there for the free weekly newsletter that I put together which will bring you lots more wellbeing news and some great new free recipes, special offers, event tickets and a whole lot more. And you'll also find a series of video clips of me filmed here in my wellbeing studios demonstrating recipes and beauty hacks, all sorts of lifestyle ideas and these are also free to download and view. You simply have to go to Liz Earl Wellbeing.com and search Watch Liz, and you'll also find the whole library of these on YouTube on the Liz Earl Wellbeing Productions channel, which of course you can also subscribe to. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning
2: in and go well. Bye bye.
1: Planning
0: for your next trip?